Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. Okay, Friday night, we're recording. It's Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, tonight is episode 53, and so we're going to start off with Name That Stadium like we always do. Then we're going to talk about the news from around the league. Uh, after that, we're going to spend some time predicting 2021 AFC team MVPs. And lastly, we'll close it off with our uh, question of the week. So uh, how's it going tonight, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? It's going good, man. Busy week. Uh, I was feeling a little tired earlier, but I'm starting to get a second wind. You know, gritter and grinder, man. Gets you fired up. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. That's We're not even a minute in and we're getting F-bombs. I, I'm definitely digging it. Uh, all right. So let's do some Name That Stadium. For anybody who's watching, this is the part of the show where you can see James. He's traveling around the country. Uh, every week he's got a different stadium in his background. If you think you know where he's at, put your answer in our comment section. First person to get it right will get a special shout out next week's show. Uh, and so, James, why don't you tell us where you were at last week, man? Last week I was in good old Detroit. You know, you got to give the Lions love every once in a while, as pathetic as they are. Yeah, and so was there any news or anything that prompted it, or you just felt like hooking them up? I just felt like hooking them up. I, you know, you got you got the love for the team. You got to give them, give them some props, props, and last week was the week. You know, I remember talking about it, actually, and I'm a little bummed out. None of our buddies hit us up for that. But, you know, we'll, we'll worry about that later, you know. They must not be paying that close attention. Uh, <laughs> but it's all good, man. It's all good. And so, yeah, we'll see uh, next week. We'll find out where you're at tonight. So, uh, okay, moving it over to the recap of this past week. Uh, and so, James, I am slacking in a major way this week when it comes to the news in the NFL. Uh, and I know that, you know, Richard Sherman uh, got in some trouble. Um, you know, I did hear um, uh, Taylor Moten signed a contract, uh, you know, before the franchise tag, before that deadline. That was nice. Uh, but the big thing I heard about that's just blowing my mind, and I'm sure it is everybody else's, was the news about Tom Brady with the freaking torn MCL, man. Yeah, like, no can you shit. believe that shit? No, I how, how I I'm at a complete loss for words on that. Like, how do you play on a torn MCL and have the season he did last year? I mean, imagine if he was 100 percent healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's cr like he's just, you know, I mean, people are are talking about it, and I think we talked about it before. Maybe alien, maybe cyborg. I don't know. Something's going on there. <laughs> Yeah, definitely something's going on there. Uh, all right. So, um, oh, and, you know, and I, I'm, I am just kind of skimming it right now. I did see Ted Ginn announced his retirement, 14 seasons in the NFL. Uh, you know, honestly, man, that guy hung in there a heck of a long time. Um, you know, when he came out, uh, it, it looked like he was going to be a special teams only kind of a guy. And he did develop a little bit as a receiver, uh, a little bit of like a gadget guy, a little bit of a receiver, a little bit of special teams guy. But, you know, the one thing that I heard even just this past year or two uh, was that despite being long in the tooth, that guy maintained his speed, man. 
And that's one of the reasons he was able to hang around as long as he did. And that's pretty impressive. You know, typically a lot of guys, as they get older, they fade like that. And they got to get a little bit smarter, maybe run different routes or take some different tactics. But, uh, hey, that's good, man. He's hanging them up. But 14 years, that's a nice run for him. Yeah, you know, I think kind of with him, the opt-out last year and then trying to come back might have hurt him a little bit. And that might be why he... He just kind of is like, I'm just going to hang it up. He finally faded. I got you. Yeah. All right. So tell me, what are you seeing this week, news-wise? Uh, well, the Saints, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher the name, David An- Anyamada. Yes. Was, was suspended six, six, uh, six games for uh, P- PEDs, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's a big blow to the to the Saints. I mean, he's started what, 30 games the last two years and 16 sacks and 170 tackles. Yeah, and I, you know, I would say, like, if it was last year, it would hurt him. But they had some great depth at the position. Uh, but I know they lost Hendrickson in free agency, and so you know. Yeah, and now if they lose him for six games or whatever it is, uh, yeah, that that changes things on that defensive line quite a bit. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, some some stuff like like the Sherman Sherman stuff it kind of blows me away. Like if if you actually read or listen to like the nine one one call, it's like you read the transcript from it, and like it's completely fucked up. But the the 911 operator, I mean, that was like some straight up bullshit. Okay, tell me about it. I, I didn't like, hear that much about it. So, like, I'm trying to remember exactly what they said. Like, like so, so she's, she, his wife was calling and asking for somebody, and he, he's like, he says, Oh, I'm handling it, blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, he's, th- he's, there's a difference between threatening violence and actually being physical and like very condescending and and like at one point somebody else in the house got on the phone and the because op- the wife was was like you know obviously having issues and not well not having issues that's not the right way to say it but like um and somebody else got on the phone and the operator's like well i only need to talk to one person oh <sighs> yeah and you know I got to imagine that's not a fun job, but you you should hopefully have some training to know how to, and I don't know, maybe there's some training that says that you need to just funnel it that way. I don't I mean, I, I guess oh, I, no, I really it's... don't know, but that's. Let me look, let, let me find some of the quotes. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's bad. Okay. All right, so, so while or you found okay, you got there. I was gonna get to something so, else while you were looking, but yeah, go ahead. So okay, so so the wife had said like I need officers to my house now. My husband is drunk and belligerent. Uh, I, you know what's the address? Is there a weapon? No, there's gun, no gun or whatever. Or and then the dispatcher yells at her, "Listen to me." Huh. And and then you need to stop interrupting me so I can get the information I need. 
stop telling me you need this uh, you need police dispatch to your house um I just, it doesn't have a. Okay. Yeah, and he's uh, he's still sitting out there as a free agent, isn't he? Yeah, he is. It's just, it's kind of like a fucked up situation, and like I, I think it kind of might might have hurt him a little bit for. Yeah, finding a squad now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, try, huh. I'm trying to think. Like there was, there was a, like a specific quote, like something that the operator said that that was like, "Are you kidding me?" Oh man, crazy times we're living in. Crazy freaking times. Uh, but there, there was. Uh, I mean, it was just bad all around. Like the operator, both sides, obviously. But okay. So, yeah, you know, while you're looking, you know, really the only other thing that stuck out for me with the news was talking about, um, you know, the teams having the different uh, COVID uh, vaccination levels and, um, you know, like something like 13 teams were above, you know, whatever the higher percent threshold was. And then I saw something like two or three teams are below 50 percent. Like they were way low and I've not been following it all that closely, but I know that that changes, you know, the, the, basically the different safety protocols for those teams. And, um, it's tough, man. It's tough. You know, some people don't want to trust the science. Uh, some people, yeah, I, I mean, Hey, everybody's got their own reasons for it and it just sucks that this thing just won't go away, man. Yeah, it it does, and like it's kind of it's kind kind of messed up because like these players are complaining to well, if you're not vaccinated, you have all these other increased things like you can't leave the hotel and and stuff like that, and these players are bitching because oh, it's a double standard or whatever. But but you have a choice. Like like my thought on it is, you, if you have a choice and you choose not to not to be vaccinated, it's really not on us to fucking protect you at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it you know, but you got to be careful because you don't want them spreading it to other people. Yeah, because technically so, the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting it; it just prevents you from getting having serious complications with it. Yeah, and that I mean that's something that we struggle with as a family is that um, you know you can you can still be a carrier even though you might not you might be asymptomatic or you might you know you might be fine, but you could still be a carrier and give it to somebody that doesn't have the vaccine, whether they're not eligible for it or they just chose not to get it. And then they could be at serious risk. And so it's, mm. it's a complicated thing, man. Complicated. Yeah. It, everyone has, has their choice, but you know, don't complain if you make, make the choice because you have different restrictions on you. Yeah. My whole I got you. All right. So, what else do you see in news-wise, or you want to move on? I think that was about it. Like, I'm I'm glancing to see if there's something else I missed. Okay. 
Well, let's just, let's skip it. If it was big, we would have covered it. Uh, so getting to the meat and potatoes of the show tonight, we are predicting 2021 AFC team MVPs. And so uh, this is one of these things where, you know, a lot of times quarterbacks get all the attention. Uh, and so people kind of gravitate towards them being the MVP of a team. And, you know, it can be difficult because stats are very different from position to position. And then really stats only tell so much of the story. You know, so it's like defensive linemen. Sometimes they might have a ton of pressures and be a factor and just not get the sacks. And so you kind of have to watch the games and be following it close enough to know oh, hey, this guy's really dominant. He just didn't get some of the numbers. Uh, and then, you know, trying to compare them, you know, you're never really going to get an apples to apples when you're comparing a quarterback to a linebacker or whatever the case may be. And so each team, you know, different things to look at, different scenarios. I'll tell you that for my list, I did try to go with non-quarterback MVPs uh, unless it was just like blatantly obvious there was nobody else in the discussion. And sometimes you can't avoid that. But um, I do like giving some other people some love because I think there's a lot of un unsung heroes out there. And so, um, you know, I'm just kind of throwing out my little disclaimer. Uh, for my list, I did everything alphabetically. So I started with the Baltimore Ravens and went down from there. Uh, does that work for you or did you do it by division or, you know, that works, that works for me. I can, I can pivot to, to okay. alphabetically. All right, let's do alphabetically. So starting with the Baltimore Ravens, um, I'll go first. I'll tell you who I liked here and then you can give me your, your feedback and who you liked and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, so for this one, you know, there's a lot of talent on the Ravens. We know that they're stacked every year. And I think that you could make the argument for a handful of people. Uh, a lot of people they're you know, the quarterback thing, they're going to gravitate to Lamar Jackson. I get that. Um, I looked at two other guys that stuck out for me. Uh, the first one was tight end Mark Andrews. And the second one was defensive tackle Brandon Williams. Uh, and I think you can make a good case for either of those guys for Brandon Williams you know, we saw when he missed some time, that defense really struggled against the run. And for a defense that is normally very disciplined and just like rock solid, uh, it seemed like they had some exposure without him in the lineup. Uh, and then for Mark Andrews, you know, I look at Lamar Jackson and he's had just not a great run of luck throwing to like Hollywood Brown and some of these other guys. It seems like he needs... Uh, like a big physically imposing tight end like Mark Andrews to really succeed as a passer. And uh, I think Mark Andrews would succeed on any team with any quarterback. I think he's that good. Um, and so, you know, when I looked at the two, the guy I gave the edge to was Mark Andrews because so much of the team relies on Lamar Jackson. I, I looked at it as basically, you know, handcuff them together uh, you know, I think that that's a big part of his success. And so that was my pick for the Ravens. What did you think, man? So I really tried to pick somebody besides Lamar Jackson. I really tried to. 
because it's so obvious, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, he was unanimous MVP two years ago. Yeah. But it's if you dive if you do a dive into this team and and how they play when when Jackson has an off game, the team generally loses. Good point. Good point. And when he's when he's on, not not always. They're they're more competitive, but the more he's Lamar Jackson is on his game, the better the team seems to be do seems to do. So that's why I, I couldn't go anywhere but Lamar Jackson. Plus, I mean, you have you have uh, Bozeman moving to center, and uh, they signed Zeitler, so he's going to have better blocking, which might give him the chance to be able to throw the ball downfield more, which might take Andrews out of the equation a little bit this year. Yeah, and they did bring in Sammy Watkins, you know, and so they're mm-hmm. they're trying to change some things. And they drafted um, what's his name, a wide receiver early. And so uh, yeah, uh, uh. was it Bateman, Rashad yeah, Bateman? Bateman? Yeah, and so Bateman. they, you know, yeah. So I mean, they're they're giving him all the weapons that he needs, and they're setting him up for success. And um, yeah, and hey, that's fine. I actually, for our next team, the Buffalo Bills, uh, that's the direction I went is with Josh Allen and. You know, I just looked at the the jump that he made last year being so unbelievable. And I do think that an honorable mention has to go to Stefan Diggs for being a part of that equation. Uh, But we know that that team basically lives and dies with Josh Allen. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, like, (laughs) you know, this is just fantasy, fantasy football stuff. But one of the reasons why none of those running backs are worth touching, because Josh Allen does everything. He passes, he runs, it's all about him. And, you know, kind of like what you're saying with Lamar, if he doesn't light it up, that team's not going to win that game. And so uh, that was one where uh, I had to just kind of default to the quarterback. But, you know, we all have our different reasons for it. So what what did you think with Buffalo? So I went the other direction on this one, too. <laughs> I, went, I went with Stephon Diggs. And the reason I went with Stephon Diggs was because if you look at Look at the growth that Josh Allen had from 2019 to 2020. The reason for that growth seems to be Stephon Diggs. You give him another year, he's just going to light it up, light it up even more, and open up, open up the field for you know Allen to run the ball like he likes to, or or open it up for other receivers to give Allen Allen the stats that you're you're talking about. And so I I see so saw them like it's comparable value to the team. I just thought thought that Stefan Diggs was the catalyst that made that offense really, really click last year. Well, you know, and I do remember you talking uh, earlier in the year or, or last year during the season about how, um, you know, in 2019, the Buffalo receivers had a ton of drops. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that was like part of the ding on Josh Allen was, well, hey, as receivers keep dropping the ball, it's not all on him. Uh, and then, you know, them bringing in digs, just grabbing everything thrown his way. You know, I think that that helped kind of create some synergy that went towards Allen's uh, sort of leap in progression, if you will. Yeah. Well, nice. So, hey, I mean, we kind of had the same philosophy just on different teams there. Uh, okay, so next team up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, tell me who you liked there. This one, I, I had to go with Burrow. I, I yeah. you just, just have to. Like you look, look at how 
how he was progressing last year. He was he was on pace to be the rookie of the year last year, um, and he he's just you know I looked at Mixon because that running game means a, means a lot there. I just as Burrow goes, this team goes. It doesn't yeah. matter what it doesn't matter what they do if they don't have Burrow in there healthy, this team will go nowhere. And so that's it falls on Burrow to be the MVP of the team. Yeah, I I agree with you for Cincinnati for sure because uh you know he had amazing composure as a rookie. It's rare the composure that we saw out of that guy. And aside from him and a couple pieces here and there, that team was just an absolute train wreck and still kind of is. Mm-hmm. And I did you know I did give Joe Mixon a look and I ended up pulling back on it because. He's just missed so much time. You know, he's got those concussions or the migraines or whatever it is that were bugging him. And and it just um, it's like, man, you know, if you want to be the MVP, you got to be on the field. And we're kind of predicting, you know, hey, can he be on the field this year? Sure, he can. But I think this year it's going to be all about Burrow. Um, And then honestly, the guy that I wanted to give an honorable mention to in Cincinnati uh, was Tyler Boyd. Well, not was, but is Tyler Boyd. You know, he's a guy that just always seems to be lost in the shuffle. A few years ago, it was because A.J. Green's the guy. And then last year, it's because, oh, well, they got T. Higgins, you know, and like a highly drafted wide receiver. And now this year, it's Jamar Chase. But the reality is Tyler Boyd has been steadily producing at wide receiver for this team for a number of years now. And maybe he's not MVP worthy, uh, but he's definitely a key contributor. So I wanted to give him a little bit of a honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Burning right through. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns. Who do you like there? I struggled with this one. <laughs> I, I, I really struggled with this one. I had, I had three players. Okay. We had, that that I that I looked at. I look, looked at Baker Mayfield. I looked at Nick Chubb, and I looked at Miles Garrett. Oh yeah. I mean, all for different reasons. Chubb. So I look first. You look at Baker, and the, you got to remember this team still still has OBJ, and since they still have OBJ, that offense that passing game is not the same with OBJ because to keep him happy, yeah. Baker tries to force the ball into him. So then, I, then that led me to Chubb, which, which as you may remember from last year, when the running game got going, the that's when the passing game, passing game opened up. And I mean that happens everywhere, but like Chubb, Chubb's a workhorse back, and and he could, he can put up put up the yards. But I ultimately settled on Miles Garrett, and yeah. the reason for it was if you look at this, the team he's a team without Miles Garrett. Like, you know, it was 2019 when he was suspended for those games. Uh, last year, I mean, he had, had the COVID issue for a couple games. I think it was two games he missed. But you look at the, you look at how the team performed there, and the team didn't, did not perform the same without Garrett as it does as it did with Garrett. And that's why I ultimately went with Garrett. Nice. And, yeah, we're, we're aligned on that. I went with Miles Garrett as well. When I looked at the team, uh, I really wanted to go with Nick Chubb, and I, I'll give him an honorable mention because I think he is a rare workhorse back in the NFL. I think the problem for going with him in this conversation 
is that they do give a significant amount of touches to Kareem Hunt also, who has been pretty damn effective in that offense. And so even though I like Chubb and I think he would flourish on any team, uh, I think that takes away from his case a little bit with the Cleveland Browns as being the MVP at least. Um, And then, you know, Miles Garrett, he's just such a rare talent. It's hard to find guys like that. And, um, you know, every year he's in that defensive player of the year conversation. And, you know, he's in the conversation of, will he be the guy to break the sack record? And it's just like, you know, that's, it's, you know, he's at a different level. And so uh, I agree. I, I think he's the guy for the MVP nod not for the uh, Cleveland Browns. All right. This one gets a little bit interesting. Denver Broncos, man. Who do you like here? Let's go with Drew Lock. No, fuck that. Oh, <laughs> shit. I, I, Psych. So with Denver, the, the obvious choice that people are going to say, oh, well, it's got to be Von Miller. Yeah. That's what people are always going to say. It's got to be Von Miller. But yet, when you actually sit down and look at the team last year without Miller, that defense was not respectable, not quite as good as they are with Miller, obviously, but they still, they still, the team was still solid defensively last year. And I think that the reason for that is Bradley Chubb. Okay. And I think, I think the leader on the defense is slowly moving over to, to Bradley Chubb there. And, it's so that's why I, I'm going to go with Bradley Chubb as as the MVP of the team, especially since you can't there's there's nobody on that offense that you can pet. No, no. I mean, you know, I, I suppose some people might throw a dart at like Melvin Gordon, but, you know, we've seen all that he is at this point and mm-hmm. they drafted a running back fairly high just to kind of show that you know, there's, you got to hedge your bet with him because he's not going to be, I don't know. I mean, his yards per carry and everything, it just, he's good if you give him the volume, but he's not great. And so, yeah, I wouldn't put him in the MV, team MVP conversation. Um, well, I, I like that you went with, uh, with Chubb. So the, um, uh, the guy I went with was safety Justin Simmons. And I was looking at at it from a similar light, which is that I, I really thought this guy stepped up to be uh, the vocal leader of that defense last year. And then when I look at what's going on this year and the moves they made at cornerback, uh, I feel like he's going to be the leader of arguably the best secondary in the league in 2021. And so, you know, like, like you're saying, I know everybody's going to gravitate towards Von Miller and all the sources are going to have Von Miller rated higher as a player, uh, you know, and they, and I think they need Von Miller to play at a high level. Uh, I just think that it's kind of like the torch is being passed off. Uh, and, you know, whether it's Simmons or otherwise, you know, we saw that last year, other guys filled that role and, you know, and so I like Simmons and, and they franchised him and then signed him to a long-term deal. If I, if I recall correctly, because, yeah, you know they like the guy. He's he's that good. So, okay, Houston Texans, hit me up, man. Oh, uh, you want to talk about a team devoid of talent? I can't believe you just said that. I literally wrote, "This is a team devoid of talent." James, you stole the words right off my page. 
Yeah, I <laughs> I struggled mightily finding somebody that could even be an MVP on this team. I mean, it's got to be Watson or nobody. <laughs> Not even it, Watson. It's it's going to be Laramie Tunsil. Like that's that's the only talent on this team. I actually I like I like what you're saying because we can't count on Watson being on the team. I mean, you know, and in Laramie Tunsil, he's rock solid at left tackle. And so if he can open up some lanes and keep Tyrod Taylor or whoever, you know, Davis Mills clean in the pocket, well, then he's got a lot of value for that team. Exactly. And that's, that's the only where, only way I could go on this. Like, like, cause you can't count on Watson. You don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. They have like 700 running backs there. Yeah. They they've gotten rid of anybody that knows how to play football on the defensive side, basically. Where are you going to go? I I like what you did though with Tunsil because he is a proven commodity. He's solid. And yeah, I mean they don't have anybody else that's just going to put the team on their back. It's just not going to happen in Houston. Unless Watson plays, and then we know he's the guy, but it's hard to count on that right now. Yeah. Which I'm hearing a lot of rumors that Watson's going to be traded to Philly. I mean, I know it's a tangent, but I would be fine with that because with all of this going down the way it did in Houston, it just seems like if he clears this mess, I think a change of scenery would be good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and Philly with, with Philly, you have Jalen hurts who can Jalen hurts Watson that ran it, not even near each other talent wise, mm-hmm. but similar style. Yeah. Yeah. So you're keeping consistency in the quarterback room. Yeah. It's not like you're going from Carson Wentz to, um, what? Who was the backup before uh, they drafted Hertz? Oh, are you talking about Foles? No, no. After Foles. Oh, um. Oh, what was his name? Oh, like Kafka? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember, man. Uh. It, it, it's not Vince. It wasn't Vince Young, but it was a similar style quarterback. Okay. I feel uh, the same. Yeah, don't worry about it. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. A mismatch. A mismatch where things have to change significantly if your starter goes down. That's very disruptive mm-hmm. to the team. <clears throat> uh, well, you know, keeping it on the offensive line route <clears throat> for the Indianapolis Colts, next up on the list. I went with Quentin Nelson. <clears throat> and this is another one of these teams, <clears throat> much like the Baltimore Ravens, where they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And I don't think you could go wrong going with linebacker Darius Leonard, defensive lineman DeForest Buckner. Uh, you know, maybe you could pop in another name in there somewhere if you want. But I ended up going with guard Quentin Nelson, who it looks like is going to be playing left tackle to start the season until they figure that out. Uh, and I, I went with him because he's, in my opinion, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And I think that for uh, them 
to see the success they need out of Wentz, they got to keep his ass protected. We saw what happened last year when Wentz was under pressure. He buckled in a major way. And everybody's talking about Wentz getting teamed up with Frank Reich again. And the only way that that really works is if they keep his ass clean. And I think that's going to be starting with Quentin Nelson. And so, um, you know, he gets my MVP nod for 2021 season. My prediction, anyhow. So I looked at Quentin Nelson, but I went to the defensive side of the ball. Okay. On this and went with Darius Leonard. And nice. I nice. I honestly could see Darius Leonard putting based on based on how he's progressing and how he's come come how how he's playing as of as of late with his um what you call it uh. Uh, his, his his new new extension that he that he earned, I see him becoming the leader on, on on the defense and possibly even being in the conversation for defensive player of the year. That would be impressive, and <clears throat> I mean it's not it's not unattainable. Um, he's one of my favorite linebackers in the league right now, and yeah, I I mean the guy. He gets it done every every down, man. He's one of those guys that plays to the whistle. No questions asked. It always happens. Uh, and so I like that. I like that pick. He was mm-hmm. he was my honorable mention. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, James, I went with the same kind of theme as I did for Indianapolis. It was not on purpose. It just, you know, they're alphabetical and it just turned out that way. But uh, I went with center Brandon Linder. And the reason that I did that is, and I think Jacksonville has a pretty good offensive line. Uh, You know, I think looking at the sources, a lot of them are fairly consistent that Linder is their highest rated offensive lineman. I don't really care so much about that. I care about them drafting Trevor Lawrence number one overall, and they need to keep him protected to help his development. And I think that starts with Brandon Linder. It's not a flashy pick by any means, but it's an under-the-radar team MVP for now because if he does his job well and keeps a good, clean pocket for Trevor Lawrence, they give him the ability... Trevor Lawrence, the ability to be their franchise long-term MVP down the road. I just don't see Lawrence coming out lighting the world on fire day one. It could happen. I mean, anything could happen. I just think it's uh, this year, protect him, and he'll get there in time. I have nothing to add to that. That's, you basically hit all my notes on Linda. <laughs> you, you, there's like, it's like not, not word for word, but you hit – Every single one of them. Well, nice. Nice. That feels good when we're fully aligned like that. Uh, But now I feel bad. I I took all the words from you. So Kansas City Chiefs, why don't you take that one, man? You just gave me the most obvious one. (laughs) All right. I'll give you you two in a row. Kansas City, and then you got the Raiders after that. So take your time. Let me know what you're thinking here. Okay, Kansas City. It's it's obvious. It's it's Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is as in the conversation for MVP of the league, and in my opinion, to be even in the conversation for MVP of the league, you have to be the MVP of your team. Yeah, I, I mean, he's you know 
he's going to be in the the MVP of the decade conversation. I mean, it's just uh-huh. he's a, a a different kind of talent, and you know, I mean, I know there are people out there that would that would want to reach, and especially if you're going non-quarterback, they would want to make the case for tight end Travis Kelsey, defensive tackle Chris Jones, or even safety Tyron Matthew. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Mahomes is an otherworldly talent and everybody knows that. So yeah, he's got to be the pick in my opinion as well. Yeah. And especially what they've done, done to this offensive line and how they've, they've just solidified this offensive line. If you look when last year, when Mahomes was really under pressure and getting hit a lot, a la the Super Bowl, he, he had subpar, a subpar game, but, but I can't give it to the offensive lineman because Mahomes is just that good yep yeah and and i think that's what they're saying is they know if they can give him some time he's basically unbeatable and he just didn't have time in the biggest game of the season unfortunately all right moving on to the raiders man who you got there as poorly as the raiders have drafted and managed this roster. There's one person on this team that is head and shoulders above the rest of the team. Okay. And that's Darren Waller. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. He's, he's just, he's every year he's improving. He's getting better. And, and he like last year what he had 1200 yards last year. Um, you have, he catches pretty much everything that's thrown in his direction. And he's, he's clear. He's at least at, at the bare minimum right now, he's the third best tight end in the league. And he's the best player on that offense. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, I did go with Derek Carr on this one and I like Waller a lot. And I really didn't want to go with Carr. And it's weird that I picked Carr, but my way of, sort of justifying it was that this is basically a do or die year for Gruden and so much of that success is going to depend on Carr doing his part to get the job done and if he does then Waller's going to look great and it's awesome if he doesn't it doesn't matter this team is effed and you know they're basically looking at blowing things up potentially in the offseason uh, and I, I also really wanted to look at Josh Jacobs here, but with them bringing in Kenyon Drake, I thought, well, geez, I can't say Josh Jacobs is going to be the MVP because he's going to be splitting carries now. And so mm-hmm. this was one that I'll just tell you, I didn't like it any way around it, but I, I think you got it right. Actually. I, I like the Darren Waller pick. That's nice. Yeah. And my problem with Carr, I'm not even... I'm still not even certain that Carr is going to be on this team by the start of the season. Crazier things have happened. Oh, because you think maybe the Aaron Rodgers thing is a possibility here? Um, I don't. I don't know. Something's just or or Mariota. I I I don't know what it is. Something just seems seems funny there. Well, he's and making the that, comments about Devontae Adams, right? So maybe, maybe yeah. they, maybe even if they don't get Rodgers, they still trade him to Green Bay. 
<laughs> yeah, and and then you look at look at Josh Jacobson. The reason I discounted him was because he has too much of an injury history, and I can't trust him to be on the field. Yeah, that that's another good point. And I know you've talked about that with Josh Jacobs in the past. And it's you know, yeah, you got to be on the field to be a difference maker. And and then really, I mean, you know, you can even go beyond that. They gutted the offensive line this year, and mm-hmm. so it's going to be harder for these guys to find running lanes. And so I just, yeah, it, it's the Ra- <sighs> The Raiders are such a mess, man. It's, it's a bummer. I really, I was wanting to see Gruden succeed, but I think this is going to be it for him after this year, to be honest. Possibly. Okay. Moving on to the Los Angeles chargers. I will go first here because I think you're going to go in a different direction than me. Uh, I'm going with safety Derwin James and it's, I think without a doubt, you know, Justin Herbert or Joey Bosa would be the more popular picks and rightfully so, you know, rightfully so they're, they're both very, very good and mean a lot to this team. Um, I think that we already know to a certain degree what they offer. And so I wanted to kind of zig when everybody zags and that's where I went with Derwin James because when he is healthy, this guy is a freaking beast in that secondary, and he could transform this defense. And I know that the health thing has been the big question, uh, but I'm just going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to predict that this is his year, that he stays healthy. He's got a new defensive genius kind of head coach, and you know maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but... If he does stay healthy, I think he takes this defense and, in turn, this team uh, to a whole new level. And it's at a time where they got a freaking young, like, rocket ship rising quarterback. So, I, I don't know. I, I think the Chargers have a hell of a lot going on for them right now. Who do you like? So, I looked at Duran James, and and my my issue was with him. The health. Injury to help. Yeah, and I mean this defense. Yeah, I agree with you. This with Derwin James on the field, this defense is completely different. I looked at Joey Bosa, and what it came down to to me was with how Herbert was playing last year. I I see him just taking another step forward this year, and he's gonna this year. I believe he's gonna be one of those players that's that's in the conversation for league MVP. Do you think he, he could potentially be Mahomes level year two? Yes. Fuck. It's just intense to think that, but he had such a phenomenal rookie year. It, 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 it is. It's intense. It's, <sighs> it's, it's weird to think that, but I think he, he could, he maybe not reach Mahomes level, but approach it. Yeah. And yeah. With him approach, approaching Mahomes' level, this seems going to win 12 games this year. I mean, I had him as a dark horse Super Bowl team, man. I like so, I like this team a lot. Yeah, so you get 12 wins this year. What was it? Last year they won, what, like five? I want to say five, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to look. Uh, sure. Because it... I think it was five. Okay. And he's just he's just gonna get that much better. And I and I 
I'll be the first to admit it. I was way off on him. Everybody Ooh, they, was, man. They won seven last year. Ah, well, good for them. No, everybody was off on him. When he came out of college, everybody was like, oh, the accuracy's not there. And and mm-hmm. that's the big thing, man, is that the these quarterbacks that don't have the accuracy in college very rarely get better at it in the NFL because the game speed is so much faster and it's so much harder that a lot of times it goes the other way. It's hard to make that kind of progression. And, oh, I mean, he just freaking blew everybody away, man. Yeah, and I was, like, my thing was more of the the Oregon quarterback issue. Like, you look at, like, yeah. what, Mariota and and um, Harrington and... Oh, Harrington. Joey Blue Skies. Yeah, like, you, you look at their history, and, it, and it's bad to say because that's more player than than dealing with the college and who the per, who the player is. It's like it's like what Texas Wait, did Mahomes go to AM or Tech? Uh Tech. Okay, then uh, I'll scratch that because I was I was thinking he went to AM, which is where Menzel went and No, 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 no. So that that that's where I was going with that. Okay. So, but, but yeah, it's, I just, I don't, didn't like the Oregon quarterback and Herbert's changed my mind and made me realize it's more specific to the player than have to do with them being a franchise court, a a system quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's good. Uh, Okay. Miami Dolphins. Who do you like there, James? (sighs) With the Miami Dolphins, I it's just like, hit me, dude. Just hit me. So there's there's a couple candidates. You got you got Will Fuller. That's a candidate. You have obviously have Tua. If he takes a step forward, that's a candidate. I went on the defensive side, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's Xavier Howard. Tell me more. I mean, last year he had had he had ten, ten picks. Ten picks. The mo- the most of anybody in the league in like fourteen years or fifteen years or whatever ten, it was. Ten is like insanely yeah. high, man. Yeah. And if he even if he even approaches the level that he played last year, he's he. I mean, he's going to clearly he's clearly the leader on this defense. He's mm-hmm. clear. He's he he his. His play elevates the defense to the point which keeps keeps them in the games and allows possibly Tua to have his setbacks that he had last year, and that's what that's why I'm going with Xavier Howard. Nice, nice. And so um, I was so close to doing the same thing, and I ended up changing at the end because there was a couple articles earlier today that he may be on the trade block, James. Apparently, his contract situation is really breaking down with the team, and uh, they're they're so starting to listen to offers to see if they can make a move. Uh, and I don't know if, you know, maybe this is warranted. Maybe it was just some random guys that, that got their, their, you know, rumor mill stuff out there, and I ended up catching it. But uh, but so that, that shook me off of Xavier Howard. 
And then I, I talked myself out of it anyhow. I was like, man, what are the odds that he gets anywhere near those amount of picks again? Because he's going to be all over the radar now this year. And I don't know. But, I, you know, either way, he had a great year. I don't want to take anything away from him. Uh, you mentioned Tua. I'm totally not sold on him just yet. And I don't know why, man. I just, I, I still, and I keep saying it, I need to see it from Tua before I can believe it. And I just haven't seen enough to believe it. Uh, and so the guy that I picked was linebacker Bernardrick McKinney. Uh, he was traded to the Dolphins from the Texans back in March. And to me, that's a sign that Brian Flores wants this guy to be the man on his defense. And, uh, you know, I've heard a lot about Flores loves the linebackers and, you know, believes that that should be a strength on the defense. And, you know, I could see McKinney being very productive, being a very vocal leader and really kind of being the glue for that unit. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I, I still like your pick though with Xavier Howard, hoping that he stays in Miami. Yeah, I miss that about the trade rumors. And hey, you know, it, it, I think it's just rumors at this point. Anything can happen, you know. He could stay, he could go. Nobody knows. Well, I think they're they're citing his his uh, Instagram or Twitter post that is saying uh, he's probably gone because apparently he posted, they won't realize how big a part you play until you're not there to play it no more. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's well, I, I missed, I miss I missed that this week and I possibly would have gone somewhere else with it, but <laughs> no, it's all right, man. Uh, you know, there was no money on the line here, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's not a life or death decision. Uh, and, and there's plenty of there to make the case if the guy stays on the team and, you know, like I was just about to say money talks, they could still find a way to rework his deal and make him happy. You know, mm-hmm. like right now it could be a little bit of chicken where they're like, no, we want you to honor your contract. And, you know, in the back of their minds, they could be thinking, yeah, you know, a few weeks from now, we're going to throw him some more money and make it happen. Who knows? You know, those things tend to happen in the NFL. True. True. All right. New England Patriots, man. Who do you like there? I don't want to stress you out. You give me no, that sigh, I... and I'm like, oh, no. Well, no, because you said New England, and it reminded me about how how Cam was out there saying that he, you know, he oh. just is going to come out and prove it this year and this and that and whatever other bullshit yeah. he, he was spewing. I was like, oh, I can't believe I forgot about that in the news section. And... And then because it's uh, not newsworthy, it's not newsworthy. Yeah. Yeah, So anyways, he might, this person might not be the best player on New England, but he clearly is the leader of the defense. He's their play caller. He's been their play caller for a while. Defense kind of looked shaky last year when he opted out. 
I think I know where you're going. And that would be Dante Hightower. I like that pick. And I just, I just think he's he's that player that solidifies the defense. You you look at at like you know you have what Matt Judon and uh, they did they brought back Kyle Van Noy. I mean they dude they they totally transformed that defense. And so yeah, what's, what's the the guy I'm forgetting his name? Uh, Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah, they, they got Stephon Gilmore. They still got one of the McCordys. And they drafted that defensive tackle out of Alabama, right? I mean, this defense could be formidable this year, should be formidable this year. Um, I like that case for Hightower. I think all that adds up to him being very valuable for that unit, getting all those people to do their jobs the right way. I went offense on this one, and I went with running back Damian Harris. And... Basically, I was looking at it as, yeah, they just loaded up on defense. And, yeah, they just drafted a rookie quarterback. And, you know, they got Cam. And who knows what's going to happen there. And I I just thought back to the potential I saw in Damian Harris. And I know that Belichick typically likes to go running back by committee. But I think this is going to be Harris's year to get more of a workhorse kind of role and, it, and there have been moments where it looked like it was going that way anyhow. Uh, but in, in my mind, at least, and maybe this is just my warped opinion and I could never emulate Belichick. But, you know, I think that if you feature him in this offense, the team as a whole can play better complementary football and control the clock, which can also help take a lot of pressure off of the quarterback which I think is important whether it's Cam Newton or Mac Jones because Cam hasn't exactly shown that he's got anything left in the tank, really. And Mac Jones is a rookie, you know, like you don't want to put all the weight on his shoulders. Um, and so I went Damian Harris here, and I thought it was going to be one of those under-the-radar kind of kind of unpopular picks. Uh, but shit, man, after you said Dante Hightower, I really like that pick. But I got to stick with mine, obviously. You know, that's it's written. I, you know, let it so it shall be written, so it shall be done. However that goes. <laughs> okay, uh, moving right along, New York Jets. Who do you like there, James? So I'm going to start off with my honorable mention. If this player truly is back, or truly is healthy coming into the season, he could have a phenomenal year. Okay, and that's C.J. Mosley. That's yes, my honorable yes, mention. Yes. Yep, I like that. Yeah. But for the Jets, what it boiled down to is if if they're gonna have any success this year, they have to have to keep Zach Will Zach Wilson, Zach Williams, Zach Wilson. Well, yeah, Zach Wilson, yep. Uh yeah, Zach Wilson. I don't know why I started thinking his last name was Williams, but anyways, they're gonna have to keep him upright. They're gonna have to keep him healthy. And how do you keep your quarterback upright? How do you keep your quarterback healthy? Well, there's one of two ways. You either find a phenomenal running back that people are scared shitless to let let pass the line of scrimmage. Do they have that? Tevin Coleman doesn't scare you. Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, none of these players scare you. Or you have... Mount Becton. A great offensive line. Yes. 
And the cornerstone of a great offensive line is a great left tackle. Oh, yeah. And that's why I went with Mekhi Becton as the team's MVP. He'll keep keep Wilson. He'll help keep Wilson upright and allow him to at least show, try to prove that he deserved as high a pick as he was. I like that. You know, it's similar to what we were talking about with Jacksonville, and um, and I do like that they drafted Elijah Vera Tucker too. I think that he's going to come in and help solidify that offensive line. Uh, but yeah, it all starts with Mount Becton, man. I mean, that guy's. He's just a beast. He's huge, man. Um, so I ended up going defensive line, and I went Quinn and Williams on this one. And when I was looking at the roster and looking at different guys, trying to make my case, you know, trying to find a narrative, I started to think about their new head coach, Robert Sala. And, you know, looking at his time with the 49ers, he showed an ability and an affinity for getting a lot of production out of the defensive line. And the 49ers had a lot of talent on that defensive line. And I think he got every ounce out of those guys. And so I started looking at Quinnen Williams, and his name just kept sticking out to me when I was thinking about that. And I kind of thought whether it's unsung or not, he has a chance with Salah as the head coach to make a major impact on this team this year. Uh, and you know, it could be one of these things where Salah's just squeezing a little bit more out of this guy and he really becomes a force on that defensive line. And so, uh, that's what I was thinking with the Jets. Makes sense. Okay. Two left Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'll go first here. I've been letting you go first for the last few. And, you know, it's all about taking turns. Sharing is caring, whatever they tell the kids. Uh, this one, you know, I I mean, I, I couldn't really go anywhere other than T.J. Watt. It's, you know, one of these things where Pittsburgh is a defensive team. Roethlisberger is in decline. We saw the wheels fall off last year at the end of the year. And I think with it being all about defense for this team, T.J. Watt is the main man on that defense, and he's going to keep getting to the quarterback. He's going to keep being disruptive. Uh, And so I really had a hard time looking anywhere other than him. There was a brief moment where I was feeling a little frisky, and I wanted to go with Chase Claypool uh, just for shits and giggles. Uh, But I thought, nope, it's got to be T.J. Watt. I consider T.J. Watt. I, I seriously considered him. But last year, when Dupree went down, this defense wasn't the same. And I don't think I don't think Watt is as good as people claim. Yet. See, I was saying this, that shit a year ago, and then a whole year of watching him play, I was like, no, I think he's fucking great. I messed up. Maybe, maybe I drank too much Kool-Aid. I don't know, James. But, yeah, keep talking. Tell me what's up. So, Pittsburgh is the worst team in this division. For Pittsburgh to have any success this year, yes, the defense has to be good. But Roethlisberger, and with this terrible offensive line they have put together, yeah. Roethlisberger has to find a way to stay upright. 
And we'll go back to what I said about the Jets. Either offensive line or running back. Keep your quarter, quarterback upright. I so see where you're Pittsburgh going. to have any success this year, Najee Harris has to have a phenomenal year. Yeah, like 25, 30 carries a game. Yeah. And I know it's a little strange picking a rookie to be the team MVP. But I think I think it's Najee Harris. Like I think that's the only way. I don't think you're crazy with success. this pick. I don't think you're crazy with this pick. The the only reason I didn't really entertain it was because I'm nervous about the offensive line. But mm-hmm. I think there's the opportunity is there and the potential is there. And so if they can get him some lanes to work with, you know, I would love it if they did that because it would mean they could basically keep Roethlisberger, you know, healthy and also keep him, you know, still somewhat of an arm going into the playoffs. I think that was part of the problem last year is that he had to throw the ball so many fucking times that by the time they got to the playoffs, I mean, it was done, dude. I mean, the guy's old in quarterback years. It's, you know, you can't can't throw the ball that many times. But if they could keep him fresh by running the ball more, that bodes well for them actually being able to make a playoff run. Uh, and if it doesn't work, then, you know, it doesn't work. So, okay, last but not least, Tennessee Titans. Who you got there, James? I mean, do I, you know, I got to ask, but to me it's kind of obvious, but I got to ask. I'm going to let you go go first. Okay, all right, yeah, just in case you're zigging when I'm zagging. I went with the obvious pick here, which is Derrick Henry, and I I like the Julio Jones pickup, no doubt. Uh, but to me, it doesn't change the fact that this team runs through Derrick Henry, literally. Uh, the dude's a beast, and I think that their passing game benefits from him being a beast. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from Tannehill, because I thought Tannehill was a good quarterback in Miami. And I, I think that he is a better quarterback now with age and, and some development. And I think it works well for him that he's on a team where the running game is the focus. Uh, because when he passes, it definitely opens things up for him, and Julio gives him that extra weapon. But uh, I, I think, you know, Derrick Henry, I just, I don't know, man. I love the throwback, old school, just freaking grinder, pounding it up the middle. And, I mean, it's, you know, he pounds it up the middle. You know, he stiff arms, throws people. Uh, but if he gets an inch of space, he actually runs away from people too, which is crazy. And so I just, uh, I, I'm going Derrick Henry, man. I've got a major major man crush on that guy. You see, I considered, I took, I really considered Derrick Henry, but it felt way too obvious for me. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to look up their, their, their ranking on something. Cause I want to verify something because my note doesn't seem correct. Okay. Um, so I, I, I did, my note seems way off on this, so I have to I have to, ver- I, have to I just have, have to verify because I have them as like the twenty eighth ranked like twenty eighth defensively. I wanted to say that they were very underwhelming, that I thought they were going to be a lot better, but twenty eight seems really 
really low. Yeah, 28th. Only, only four teams allowed more yards defensively than Jeez, that. Jeez, that's pretty wild, man. Um, that's total defense. Passing defense, they were a little bit better. No, they were a little bit worse. <laughs> so, considering all of that, I think the player that ends up being team MVP here is Bud Dupree. Yeah, hey, you were just talking about him with Pittsburgh. Okay. Exactly. And he's, as seen in Pittsburgh, he's a game changer on defense. He's he's that player that, that makes everybody else around him better. And because Derrick Henry felt like way too obvious obvious of a pick, and, and it, like you could even possibly go to Tannehill because because when Henry's on and Henry if Henry Henry's yep. pounding the ball down, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna be more concerned about the rush and and then Tannehill's gonna be able to throw the ball or even Tannehill Tannehill can freaking run the ball. Who knew? Um well he was but, a, a college wide receiver before he converted to quarterback. So yeah he's got no, some speed. And and then maybe and then I thought you know maybe maybe Simmons but I mean I think it's Dupree I think he's just he's just that piece that this defense needed to not be twenty eighth in yards per game uh, let's take a look at rushing yards per game real quick yeah I mean he is their prized free agent pickup. And so, yeah, he should have a big role right off the bat, for sure. I mean, the rushing yards per game, they were about about middle of the pack. But but sacks-wise, do you know they only had 19 sacks all of last year? Man, that's so low. It is so low. I mean, hell, the Lions had 24. Yeah, the lowly Lions. And and they had Clowney last year in Tennessee too, didn't they? I mean, yeah, uh, you know, not did. that that's saying anything, but you know, everybody loves Clowney, not me. Yeah, I just think I I think, and they still won. What were they? Eleven and five last year. They're still a good team. They're still definitely a good team. But they're they're. I talked about this last year going into the season that they way overplayed the talent on their roster. And that, mm -hmm. like when you look at all their player ratings and you add it all up, they're a lot lower than you would think across the board. And that, that was one of my cases for why I thought Vrabel was such an amazing coach because he was, he was making it work, man. And he still is making it work. And, you know, if they add a few more pieces like Bud Dupree, uh, and, you know, maybe they hit on some of their draft picks, you know, that could definitely change things for this team where now all of a sudden the coaching's aligning with the talent and, you know, it just starts to perpetuate. And yeah, I, I like Vrabel. I like where this team's going, but they, they do need a few more pieces, I think. Yeah. I just, I think, I think, I, I mean, how they, they were towards the bottom of the league 
for points against on d- defensively. They, I mean, this this defense is just going to take a huge step forward, which is going to make the team that much better. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this, man, and this is just me, you know, spitballing on the side here. But for next week, I'm almost kind of wondering if we should just do a little bit of back and forth where uh, we rotate. Somebody picks offensive MVP. Somebody picks defensive MVP. Hmm. You know, it just seems like, you know, for a lot of these, you could make a case for a guy on each side of the ball. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just let's just stick with what we're doing, because, you know, I think the thing is we covered both sides of the ball. You know, whether you had one and I had the other, we had we had a lot of honorable mentions. And I think we got there anyhow. I just um, I don't want to leave some important guys off the uh, off the list, but I think we're going to cover them. I think it's okay. Yeah. Like we I I think I think we hit it like kind of like like back and forth like you were. You were looking offensively. I was looking defensively, or vice versa, for most of them. Yeah. I mean, hell, hell, for Pittsburgh, I almost picked the goddamn punter. <laughs> well, you know what, James? That actually leads in really well to the question of the week. Uh, could you fathom a special teams player being the MVP for a team? And before you answer... I'll tell you my thought, and I, you know, I like to I like to give the answer first, so it gives you time to think, obviously. Uh, but two names came to mind for me that if you were gonna name a special teams guy as your team MVP, I thought back to Adam Vinatieri and just how fucking clutch he was for so long, and he, I mean, he was clutch in the biggest moments of the biggest games. In a position where uh, these guys have to be so mentally strong or they just crack. And we've seen so many of them crack. And so, I, you know, he stuck out to me and I was like, eh, maybe. And then, um, and then the other guy that stuck out to me was Devin Hester, kick returner for the Chicago Bears. Oh, I'm stealing what you were thinking. No, no, no. Those were the two people that popped in my head. <laughs> When you said, could yeah. you see a special teams player be team MVP? Now, those are the two people that instantly popped in my head. And I was like, there's no way he's going to say Devin Hester after you said Vinatieri. And I was like, there's no way he's going to say Devin Hester. I almost interrupted you and said Devin Hester. <laughs> All right. So so with with those two guys in mind, could you actually see one of them being a team MVP or a player like that in today's day and age? Or do you think it's got to be somebody on offense or somebody on defense? I think with the right team, that could be possible. Okay. Because it, like, it just it just seems like special teams aren't on the field enough. I think a lot of people would make that argument. You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah you got to have a good kicker. But, you know, some games they might not – kick a lot you know or or it might be all extra points or you know if you're a kick returner it's kind of like well yeah but today they'll just kick it out of the back of the end zone you know like does it really matter as much as it used to and and so I think it's challenging but it's uh it's funny that we both you know right off the bat gravitated to those two guys yeah I could see and I I agree with you nowadays it's hard to see a um place kicker or a returner as the team 
MVP. Yeah. I mean, a punter would be sweet. Yeah. That's the position that gets no love. So much of the game, so much of how how good your defense is, in a lot of ways, comes down to the punter. And where, because there's a big difference for them punting the ball and having it go out of bounds at the one instead of out, out at the 20 or shanking it and it goes out at the 40. Like, oh, yeah. Field position plays such a big role in today's game. Yeah. And the success of your defense that I could see for the right team, like like a team that's so devoid of talent that that just kills it on field position with with punting and happens to you know because if you pin them pin them in, inside inside the ten and they're kicking off, you're, then you're you're starting on the plus side of the field and you need what like 10, 15 yards before you can kick a field goal yeah. and. Yeah, and, and, you know, and to, and to continue on with that, I want to say it. This was a, a Mike Shanahan thing back in the day, is that he talked about how important punters are. And I mean, I don't remember the exact article, but it was something like, you know, the difference between the best punter in the league and the worst punter in the league was like X amount of yards per punt. Like if you just looked at averages. And he was trying to simplify it because like you're saying, it's more than that. It's can you pin them with that, that coffin corner punt, or, you know, can you make sure that you don't shank it off your foot and it only goes 10 yards and this and that in big moments of the game. But he was just talking very generically that, Hey, if, if you get an average of an extra four yards a punt off of your punter and you extrapolate that every game throughout the season, it was like something ridiculous, like an additional like seven or eight hundred yards or something that the opposing offense has to make up. And his whole thing was just like every yard matters in the NFL, you know, like make them go as far as they got to possibly go. And, you know, put some money in your punter to make sure you're doing that, because it will over the course of a season make a difference. Exactly. And that's I, that's why I could in theory for the right team see a punter someday get team MVP because you know the teams and give out the team MVP every year wasn't that like part of the reason why Antonio Brown wanted out of Pittsburgh because they gave it to Juju Juju that that year like and they announced it before week 16 or week 17 yeah. game, or 16 yeah. game. It's like you know what fuck you I'm out of here it it was that was pretty foolish on the team's part in my opinion, but that's that's a whole separate can of worms. So yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hey, that's good. I, I'm you know I I got to be honest when I when I thought of this question of the week, it was purely based on me going through it, and I'm like nowhere in here am I even thinking of a special teams guy, and I was like it just seems like somewhere down the line, you got to ask that question. Yeah. Um, okay, well, hey, so anybody who's still watching, just like we did Name That Stadium, uh, we'd like to get your comments on this. What do you think about our question of the week? Could you fathom a special teams player being named Team MVP? Let us know. Hit us up with some comments. Uh, and so other than that, James, you know, getting into our wrap-up part of the show here, uh, any closing thoughts, man? No, I don't think so. No? Okay. 
Well, normally I'd say, hey, we got to come up with a topic for next week, but we're going to be doing the same thing just on the NFC side. So uh, I had fun with this segment. It was good. And it was, uh, yeah, I think it flowed well. You know, these are fun ones to talk about because, you know, we're not just like regurgitating stats. You know, stats can, they can help make the case, but there's so much more to it than that. You really got to watch these games and you've got to be listening to who's contributing how. And, you know, all that stuff ends up being a factor. Oh, did I lose you? I think I lost you. It's all good. We're wrapping it up anyhow. So uh, for anybody who's still watching, uh, we hope you like the show. Uh, if you did, hit us up with that thumbs up. And if you uh, really liked it, hit the subscribe button. Uh, but at the end of the day, we really want to hear your opinion on this. So shoot us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, that's a wrap for tonight. So thank you. Catch you later. Great Iron Grinder. Hut, hut, hike.